Hello, thank you for being here today in this episode, whether it be morning, afternoon, or evening. Ashley Olofsson is joining us for this episode. She's an author, TEDx speaker, and Forbes entrepreneur. She's a founder as well. In 2020, she created Visionaria Consulting and as a startup coach and advisor at iPhone Woman right now. Her small business uh, acumen is amazing. She really knows her stuff. She's created many businesses. She knows her stuff and every single part of it. So she can be someone to actually give advice in a place where many people come from just thinking they know things that they actually don't. She lived it, she knows it. Um, it was even at 16 years old where she gave a, a workshop to girls and uh, formed a company just around that after the fact called Move LLC, uh, Move. And she's helping people, she's helped people become one with their bodies, really feel appreciative and, and grateful and non-judgmental of themselves and that being moved for women. But nonetheless, she's helped many, many people when it comes to business as well. She knows her stuff and someone, if you were to scroll through her social media, actually uh, knows what she's talking about. So in this episode, in this conversation, we dive into her whole journey and a lot of great, valuable advice when it comes to business because we're all our own businesses and we're all creating businesses at the end of the day. So enjoy and I'll see you soon. I have a dream. That's one small step for man. I am the greatest. You want something, go get it. Period. Ashley, first place I wanted to start. Um is the story of when you were nine years old and you were in elementary school. What's that, third grade? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the teacher at the time when you were in elementary school in third grade um, was talking about like high school presidents and who would be that later on when you guys got to high school. And she considered a boy at first, someone in your class, without even considering you. So I'd love to get nostalgic and, and reflect and talk about how influential that was and, and what exactly happened within that scenario. Yeah. So I think that this is such a fun story. So my teacher, my third grade teacher was basically talking about how she was really good at predicting high school class presidents. And she predicted that this guy in my class, third grader at the time was going to be president. And I remember feeling she of course meant like no harm. She was just giving like her, you know, thoughts. But I remember thinking like, what the heck? Like, I wasn't even considered. I feel so underestimated. Like, I want to be a leader. I want to be class president. Um, and it was the first time that I noticed like a passion and an ambition really burning inside of me. I had never felt that before. And um, that I just always remember that moment because of how strong my reaction was. Um, and it was really funny because he never ended up being class president, but he was always like popular and well-liked. Um, and I ended up being vice president. And of course, like she didn't think that I would be president because I was very quiet and shy in third grade. So I wasn't mm. really, you know, showing a lot of personality. Um, but regardless, I just think that it's a ridiculous story. <laughs> yeah, it was like unintended for her to say that in a harmful way to you but you took it as motivation as to like why 
wouldn't I be in this boat as well of having such capability or potential? Totally, totally, exactly. Yeah, that's incredible. So I also noticed in your story too, because I've known you for a little bit now, like as an acquaintance at a distance, like, you know, Sophie Barron's a mutual connection, unbelievable individual. The best. The best. But you have started multiple businesses when you were younger. Uh, where did that knack really derive from? Like, were your parents into the business world or you just had this thing for creating your own? That's such a good question. Um, So my dad has always been like hustling on side projects. He's a computer engineer, but he has always kind of, you know, done his own side projects. So I always saw him as being very motivated and really as creating the things that he wanted to. Um, But for me, I got into business super unintentionally. I really didn't want to start a business. I never thought like that was the career path for me. It was more I was really frustrated with my friends and I and our lack of self-esteem and the challenges that we were experiencing and the fact that no one was talking about our mental health or, you know, the relationships that were unhealthy that we were in. Um, And I was like, this is a huge problem. Why isn't someone doing something? And I was kind of like, okay, well, if no one's going to do something, then obviously I will. Like I have to, there's no way that we can just let so many young women suffer in silence um, without anyone trying to do anything. So that was where my first business was really born from. It was really just from a very personal place of, I want to solve this problem. I didn't intend for it to be a business. I intended to give one workshop and that was it. But then I ended up turning it into a business um, just because that was kind of the natural trajectory. And then I realized that I really liked creating things. And one of my favorite things about business is how, um, immediate it is like there's a lot of ways to create the kind of impact that you want to see in the world right and i was like a political science double major and i thought that maybe i would go into politics and create policies to enact the social change that i wanted to see in the world but the cool thing about entrepreneurship is that um it's immediate you can get started Um, you're the main decision maker. You don't have to compromise or negotiate with anyone necessarily. It's just like you trying to build something. And I've always felt very empowered by the opportunity and the limitlessness that entrepreneurship carries. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With everything, there's like a a pro to a con, but it it far outweighs the pro of having your own thing and building your own thing and getting immediate feedback um, and making a solution for someone is far outweighs any of the the pain might that might come along in the journey of building such a thing uh, what what was one of your favorite things to to start before we get into move because that's actually a good segue into like empowering uh, yeah. other women and other females but what was one of your favorite businesses to make when you were younger um like before move yeah Oh, well, I think I was always really creative and I'm the oldest of, I have three younger siblings. Um, And so growing up, I was always playing with them and constructing worlds and businesses and like systems and operations. Like we would play restaurant or orphanage and it would be like a whole production. Like there would be like you know, everybody had a role, everybody had a responsibility. I'd do hairdresser and that would be a whole thing. We had like a Lego city that spanned like three or four tables. Um, And 
I had like a document that like listed every single person in the town and like what their job was and how much money they were making and just like all of like the details. Um, and like we would have town meetings and this and that. So I feel like um, I was always creating and I was always writing um, and just had a really awesome opportunity with my really truly willing siblings um, to just delve into and explore all of my creative endeavors. <laughs> that's amazing. Making making your own world since you were young. I love that. That's that's incredible. I mean, there's so much to learn from games like that when you're younger. But on that note uh, of making your own thing, and as you said before, empowering yourself, um, you saw the same uh, with empowering other girls. Mm -hmm. So you co-founded Move, which you've done, I think, probably you probably updated this, but like more than a hundred workshops, it's a six week yeah. summer programs, but exactly. what motivated you uh, to start that specifically? Was it just the amalgamation of like seeing girls not having the support they need? Yeah. So I think it was a couple of things. I think like, first of all, I was really struggling with my own self-worth, um, with my own mental health and just with uh, a lot of self-criticism and comparing myself and constantly picking up my insecurities mm. and never feeling good enough. Um, and that was one thing to be going through it myself, but then to look at my best friends who I just adored and who I thought were like so beautiful and so perfect and so lovely to realize that they were feeling those same feelings of inadequacy. It was like, there's a huge problem here. There's a huge problem. If like my best friend, Maddie, can't see her self-worth because of like the bullying that she's experiencing or the comments towards her body or the societal expectations about um, what beautiful looks like and how weight is connected to that. So I was like, we literally like, we have to do something. It was concerning to me, especially, I had a couple of friends who were in abusive relationships and that's life-threatening as is mental health. Um, and so that was like really scary to me to be so young, to be so vulnerable, to have so many friends who were in really, quite honestly, like concerning situations and to not see anybody doing anything about it. It was like, I feel like we're all drowning over here. And why is everyone just silent? Like, it was really interesting too, because Tumblr was really big when I was in high school. How old are you? Are we the same age? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. I'm 22. Yeah. I'm 23. Exactly. So I, I don't know if you ever used Tumblr. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, it's funny. I don't use it as much anymore, but yeah. I have it as like a vision board for certain pictures. So cool. Yeah. yeah. So Tumblr was really big when I was in high school. And it was really interesting because all my friends and I would post privately on our Tumblrs how much we were struggling, but nobody mm. would actually talk about it in person. So I was like, why, why not? I see on everybody's Tumblr that we're all like, freaking out and not having a good time. Like, why yeah. are we not discussing this? So yeah, so then I basically was like, let me team up with my best friends. There was three of us or four of us total, but three other girls. And we gave a workshop to a group of eighth grade girls thinking that that was going to really be it. We just wanted to have an honest conversation about self-esteem and body image um, and mental health. And we did that and it went so well that we ended up giving two more. Um, the school asked us to come back and do two more to the eighth grade girls who hadn't gotten an opportunity to go. And so um, at the second one, an eighth grade girl named Lexi Phipps came up to me and Lexi was like, I wanna do this with you. 
So with mm. Lexi, I had kind of met my match. And then with Lexi, um, I started basically, yeah, we started Move Together and it's been going. Nice. Since. And, it, and it's still running? Well, so we just finished this past year. We were supposed to be our final summer program this year, but obviously with COVID, we were unable to do so. Um, but we've had a long run, I think about eight years. Wow, that's incredible. That's that's great work. And I I see the the value in that, even like on a on a like masculine male side of some people that can have a supportive group um with certain things they're going through. Cause I know for them it's more so like having a mission being dedicated to that, but you also need a place to express yourself. So yeah. it's so nice that you brought that together. But on the note of like what motivates you for move, because Actually, I know the acronym for that is Motivate, Overcome, Value, and Power. But what motivates you specifically to like do what you do now? Because I don't want that to lead into some stuff you're doing with Visionaria and this entrepreneurial realm. We can even tackle writing, but like what motivates you specifically to keep building these things? That is such a good question. So appreciate how thoughtful you are and how much research you've done. It really like is very touching and means a lot to me. And I'm glad to know you. Um, Absolutely. But I would say a couple of things motivate me. The first thing is that in all honesty, well, so I'm working full time at iFundWomen right now and mm. I am loving it. And it is fantastic. We are the go-to funding marketplace for women-owned businesses and the people who want to support them. We help female founders with access to coaching, funding, and connections. Um, and this is the first time that I've ever really uh, like worked for someone else and I've absolutely loved it. Previously, a big motivation for me was I don't want to work for someone else. Um, and that was like a really leading motivation. With iFundWomen, though, I am obviously working for them in a major capacity, and I couldn't be more thrilled to do so. And the reason why is because I so admire so much what they have created. They have created a really amazing mission-driven company that is changing the funding landscape for female founders and giving women access to major funding opportunities, as well as coaching and community to support them in building their businesses. Um, I also am really grateful and moved by the company culture. I think that they have created a very intentional company and it's something that I'm very, very proud to be a part of. So I would say, um, you know, with that, another huge motivator for me is like work that feels meaningful and honestly fun. I also like challenges. Mm. I like entrepreneurship so much because I can always prove to myself like that I can do something like I love you know, when I was writing my book, it was very much like, can I write this book? And I don't know, but I'm going to try. And then it was like, you know, can I win funding for my businesses? I don't know, but I like this challenge. I'm going to try. And so I think that's something else that really motivates me is constantly like, I think it's really fun to push myself. And I think it's really fun to see what I can do. Like it's literally purely out of self-amusement. Like I'm like, huh, can I get a Forbes feature? (laughs) And then I like, get yeah, the yeah. I'm like, all right, that was cool. On to the next thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, uh, that's how it should be. And I, I think that thing of not comparing yourself will, if you have that mindset will help in not doing that. Cause so many people and I've 
had a, a major flaw with this sometimes with comparison. And at the end of the day, I've come to realize that it's so ignorant and sometimes, or you can be ignorant in a sense, but sometimes arrogant to do so because it's subjective. Like we all have our own individual past. So for you, um, when you empowered women with, with move and even yourself when you were younger with building your own thing, it was kind of like proving it to yourself that you can and no one else. Exactly. Um, and then from there, things will kind of ripple out. So it's nice to see you're like made, you made some great things and now you are going outside yourself in a way of like working for someone else, but with a bigger mission um, and some like greater access to resources yeah. for, for other people, for other women. That's really cool. Thank you so much. And I that, think so too. Yeah. And then for the point of writing too. So you said sometimes getting a Forbes article or writing your own book. Uh, in a way of like kind of literally bringing those two worlds together w with asking this question, I think it was a Forbes article that you wrote um, with like how to write a book mm -hmm. effectively in like nine steps, right? So on step four and five, you talk about like feedback and just like continuing to push through um, and just effort after effort after effort, just making your drafts. So how have you reframed like feedback so it's not attached to your self-worth, but rather like the craft itself of making a product, service, book, whatever it may be. Yeah. What an interesting question. Feedback is something that really, really fascinates me because I think you can probably relate to this. When you put yourself out there in any capacity, you're opening yourself up to a lot of feedback. Some of it's going to be good. Some of it's going to be not so great. Some of it's going to be painful. And some of it is going to be really constructive and set you up for success moving forward. I think um, I started getting feedback very early on when I first started running Move. And mm. um, it has shaped my self-esteem in a lot of positive ways and also in a couple of negative ways. Something that I learned in college was to really ask myself critically who was giving me feedback and if I wanted to accept that feedback or not. When I was in college, there were some girls mm -hmm. in um, a theater troupe that I was in who were just generally unkind to me and who um, talked really badly about me behind my back and then would pretend to be my friend and then I'd confront them and they wouldn't take ownership or acknowledge. And even though everybody else was like, yes, they were talking badly about you. And it was really painful. Um, obviously to think that I was friends with someone and then to have them talk badly about me. But yeah. the reason I bring this up is because they were always talking very negatively about the work that I was doing. And I had to really, and it really hurt me. It really like made me upset. I had to ask myself though, like, wait a second, these are college age women who have literally never been to my summer program, who have never read my book, who essentially know very little about what I'm doing are they the best people to be taking feedback from? And the answer was ultimately like, no, they, they're not, they, they're not, they don't have the, like they haven't put in the time to adequately give me feedback. And it wasn't the fact that they gave me like uh, critical feedback that was the problem. It was the fact that they hadn't actually um, had the opportunity to give me critical feedback because they had never been to anything that I was doing. Yeah. So that was the issue there. And then I like had to ask myself like, well, you know, like I really want to value the the 
feedback that I'm getting from these seventh and eighth grade girls, right? And if a seventh or eighth grade girl is giving me negative feedback, I really want to hear that. Like, because that really matters because they've showed up and they, you know, are here. Uh, Or even if a seventh grade girl didn't show up and there was a reason why she didn't show up, I'd want to hear that too, because she's who I actually like care about. She's who I'm trying to reach. I want to hear the good, the bad, the ugly. If my program appeals to you, I want to know why. If it doesn't appeal to you, I want to know why too. So that way I can, you know, make it the best program. I love that. That that's 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 spot on. That's key. And then when it comes to ex- are taking feedback from people that have, um, what exactly would you give advice with in the realm of that? Because I know you just mentioned like whether it be good or bad with someone who's like in your ecosystem or like is in your target target audience or someone mm-hmm. or say an investor. You pitch a app to them for your product that you want to build and they're in this field or they know you really well and they give feedback um just like practical tips with how to frame that correctly uh because you gave the advice with someone who who isn't and is kind of ignorant to what you're doing but someone who is and knowing what you're doing how you would approach that i think it's really important to listen to feedback pretty much always Mm -hmm. especially if it's someone who's within your field um but at the end of the day, I still think you choose what feedback you're going to integrate and what feedback doesn't feel in alignment with you. I think too, like also like a lot of times you're just getting feedback about the direction that you should go in as an entrepreneur. And it's not necessarily positive or negative. It's just everybody telling you like, oh, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah. because you're like, okay, like everybody's supportive. Everybody's giving me like good, thoughtful ways forward. But then I think it's important to take a step back and to ask yourself like, okay, well, what's actually like in alignment with my vision? Because just because somebody is like in the industry doesn't necessarily mean that they know best. It could mean, and you should listen and consider like, oh, mm. maybe this thing hasn't been working out within my business and what this person is saying can help me identify and solve that. Um, but yeah, you need extreme focus in that case and also self-awareness. I agree. Yeah, totally. That's super tough. Yeah, I, I mean, I, would, I was going to ask you too, like, if you, because you're you're a coach in many ways now, yeah, and especially like an advisor for startups, whether it be with Visionaria or uh, iPhone Woman now, like you help so many people. So I was gonna say, like, if you were to be a coach to your younger self, what advice would you give? Because for myself, I would I would say patience more so, mm-hmm. um, but also like this thing of focus and not to like eat more than I can swallow, not to play that comparison game to like move faster than I need to based on where someone else is. Instead, focus on my own lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other things I would say, but for yourself, what what would be some some wisdom you drop to to younger Ashley? Yes. Well, something that I, when when I was reviewing questions, something that I was actually thinking about is something that I admire about younger Ashley that I think I could mm. take more of now, and I'd advise myself now more is like when I first started, there wasn't pressure on me to create anything because I had never created anything before. So like I've really moved one step at a time unintentionally creating a business. And I didn't really, I, like I was just, I just wanted to give a workshop. So I gave a workshop, right? And there was like no pressure. And I felt very like intuitive. Like I want to do this. Okay, great. I'm going to test this out. I think now I definitely feel more pressure and more, like I think I think it would really benefit me to trust my intuition in the way that mm. I did when I was younger. 
and to just listen to myself and move forward. That's an absolute bomb. Please rewind that if you're oh. listening, people. That was no, that was really that was really good because I thought the same thing just many many months ago of like what beauty in I don't want to say ignorance is bliss, but like yeah, beauty yeah. in not knowing certain things because you wouldn't have started if you if you knew how to do it. You would have been like, oh, too much risk. Oh, let me like weigh this out to you know all the the SWOT analysis, like all this stuff when it comes to business too. Yeah. Um, but and really, yeah, when you can just enter, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say too. Like, I was actually coaching someone, and they were saying, like, they were saying, like, you know, I have all. It was a college student, and she was like, I have all these business ideas, but like, I'm like really intimidated by the like launching a business. And I was basically like, you don't have to make a huge Instagram announcement, like, this is what I'm launching, this is what I'm doing, yeah. I'm so excited, and like have your whole like shit together, your website together, like this together, that together. I was like, you can literally just like start slowly, like just start moving in that direction. And like, yeah, eventually you're obviously gonna want to promote it on social media, but just like it doesn't have to be this big formal launch. Like you can literally just get started. And the reason why I was advising her on that was because I was thinking back to move and how I didn't feel the pressure to launch anything. I was just doing it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I, I saw a tweet once that said, don't treat every tweet like a championship. Just like put it out there. Yeah. Uh, which is just a game changer. Yeah. When it comes to like creatively expressing. Yeah. Like, yeah. When you have that mindset to do it for yourself, but then obviously to do it to impact others, but then also do it for just like consistent iteration and action. Um, completely yeah. different world than if you're on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, this is helpful to talk through. Like this is a good reminder for myself. So thank you for talking through it with me. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I love that you reframe the question too to your younger self advising you because it's so beautiful too that we should never lose our inner child. Mm -hmm. And whenever I ask that question, you know, it makes sense because the question is directed towards what would your older self say to your younger self? But that is like, that's a bomb. Like I said, people rewind that. Um, <laughs> so beautiful. Uh, and then also something I wanted to bring up in terms of like a cool learning is I have here um, one of your Instagram posts. And like when, when I see some Instagram content, like, Sometimes it'll brush by, but other times like it'll sit with me and it's because I resonate because it might help me in like a particular realm of my life or a particular facet, or I just like have mm -hmm. the same value values and that person aligns with me. But something you posted, it was about your boyfriend of two plus years mm -hmm. and you're learning and I can, I'll link it in the description or show mm -hmm. notes or whatever, but it's basically on learning about how to, how to love correctly and just like your your main point was being present mm -hmm. um and i won't get into detail maybe you can if you want but i was going to ask how that learning applied to entrepreneurship being a leader like everything you're doing outside of just your relationships um yeah. and how that made that ripple to all other areas but i'll let you, i'll give you the stage for that thank you okay such an interesting question so basically to catch up everyone listening so my boyfriend and i dated for a year um, junior year of college. Then we broke up and it was very devastating. And then we got back together and we've been together for the past two years. Um, maybe even a little more. I don't know. I'll have to like look into that after LOL. <laughs> but, um, basically like um, 
it was like the most, uh, one of the most devastating things that has ever happened to me. I felt very like in my heart, like this is wrong. We should be together. We're a really good fit. Um, like it just felt really, really off. And during this like period of being broken up for four or five months, I was super grounded. Like there was no escaping the present. I just had to be in the present and focused um, on like grieving and my pain and I couldn't run away from it. Like no matter what I tried, no matter who I talked to, nothing relieved me from just like the, like the, like truly like the devastation that I was feeling. Like there was no fix for it. And so Mm. it was really fascinating because my whole entire life I had always been creating five-year plans and like goals and things that I wanted to do and always just looking ahead to the future and planning ahead, like professionally and personally. And this really forced me to be stuck in the present. And so I read a book called When Things Fall Apart. I talk about it all the time. It's the most influential book I've ever read. It was better than therapy during that time period. And I was Mm. also in therapy, so I can honestly say that. Um, Basically, what I learned during that period is how important it is to really be present in your relationships, but also just in life, because um, you it's very easy to get caught up in hypothetical situations that never ultimately happen, or future goals or future like narratives that just aren't reality. And so coming to terms with like, okay, I actually need to be present in my life and like in my relationship, especially really improved my entire life and especially my business approach, because I have felt a sense of peace that I have never felt before the past like two or three years. Because prior to that, I was always seeking what was next and trying to control the outcome. So that way I would like be in control. Mm. Now I know Mm. I'm not in control. Now I'm like, okay, let me just make the most of this day with what I have. And like, then we can go from there. So like professionally, I don't make big five-year goals. I actually think that it's kind of silly to do so. Maybe not for everybody, but for myself, it feels silly because I know that things are going to change. And what this experience gave me was the peace and trust within myself to know that I will be able to work through whatever comes my way. And so like, I feel fine staying in the present because I know that I can handle it. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's far. I I mean, I'm writing something right now. It's kind of like not really an autobiography, I would say, but just like projecting my thoughts onto yeah. paper because I think writing is a great outlet. Totally. And the more I write, the more it just helps me narrow down what I need to do in the present with like micro habits. So it's kind of like reverse engineering, right? So I think like even if you look to your past or look to the future, at the end of the day, it's like how is it helping me now? Mm-hmm. And uh, to your other point, too, I know great business leaders who always say they're like, don't make a business plan because like the thing's going to change probably in a couple of years. Um, so I love how that how that trickled into other areas of your life. Just like one thing with relationships. It's 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 amazing, like especially masculine, feminine, but like totally. having a romantic partner like that'll ground you. I can't even imagine I, w- I won't get too deep into it. But like when we have a, you have a kid or like family in the future, like. Totally. I mean, that probably teaches bounds of lessons. Totally. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was going to ask another thing too. Yeah. When it comes to advising all these people, you're a better entrepreneur because of things you learned elsewhere. 
when it comes to like startup advising for so many startups and female founders, like what is one thing you always try to keep them grounded on because they might try to go astray from it or distance from it because they're getting too ahead of themselves or they just plainly just don't know that, that that's a thing they need to be focusing on. So like a thing you always have to keep them grounded on or, or a learning you have to teach them based on your, your knowledge base. Yeah. Well, this is interesting. I actually think that the biggest commonality amongst all of the women who I coach and who I work with is that um, I think truthfully, the best thing that I can do for them is listen to them and like really hear them. I think that so often solopreneurs don't have anyone to like talk to about their ideas or get feedback that they trust. And so I think that like the biggest commonality or the thing that I'm always trying to do that I'm always trying to ground myself in and ground them in is like giving them the space to just speak. We might book a session for goal setting, right? And like, I have like a structure that I use, but if I listen to them, there might actually arise something that's a bigger issue. That's kind of a fire that we need to put out. And I'm not going to know that unless I actually listen to them. So I really think like the commonality mm. of like listening and then asking questions to dig deeper so that way we can kind of get to the root of it. And then I think too, it's very helpful, especially I think women can second guess themselves a lot. I think it's very helpful to assure women that they're on the right path and that they're taking the right steps and that they are like, um, mm. Yeah, like they're just on the right path. Like, and I'm here to support them and guide them as they go through this entrepreneurial journey because it it can be so nerve wracking and so emotional. Yeah, no, it really can be. Uh, it, and for that's actually a really nice question. I, I didn't even have this listed, but like, yeah, how were there times when you second guess? Or it's inevitable. I think we all doubt ourselves yeah, yeah. in any capacity. But like, when you second guess yourself and how you kept yourself in check, or like what you did. <clears throat> to to keep yourself in check. Uh, it was a great example we just gave with the relationship. Like you had a book that really taught you well. You went to therapy, but you said the book was even more helpful. But like in moments of distress, especially within entrepreneurship, how did you keep yourself uh, grounded when you would second guess yourself? Well, you know, it's interesting. I've actually been reflecting on this a lot lately, less about like when I second guess myself, but more when I start to feel down, right? Like receive, mm -hmm. you know, some negative feedback. I think the best thing that I have done for myself, like truly and unintentionally, is I have created myself a support system of like my boyfriend and friends and like my sisters and family, whatever. I've created a support system that like knows me and understands me and loves me a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like now whenever I second guess myself or I like hear critical feedback about me, I'm able to just brush it off so much easier because it's like, I know that like, I can't please everyone and I'm loved by the people who I want to be loved by. Mm, that's, that's beautiful. I love that. Usually. Yeah. Many of the people that I talk to just this, this common theme lately has been community mm -hmm. and like having that strong circle. I know you're, you're really into next gen as well when it comes to, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial stuff they're great in terms of community and having a nice circle supportive and, and challenging circle but i really do love that because i can i can call times when i can't 
dissect my own problem, but I'll call a friend and he'll just be like, oh, this is where you're going wrong. Just like stop overthinking this or stop doing that. Totally. Having people that you trust to give you feedback is so important. Mm. Exactly. But you have to make sure to to cultivate that yourself, which totally. takes a lot of time to know yourself because then you align that with the people around you that fit that mold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as I always ask a question of where you want to go in the future, I love knowing like your bigger dreams. Uh, I feel like it would it wouldn't make sense to ask that question because we're so focused on the present. It's true. But, uh, yeah. So you I'm going to leave it off the table. But one thing I, I, I will say is like we can get more practical now um, is like favorite books that or favorite podcasts or favorite resources, like really getting into the depths of like what you use to like tactical tools to really help you grow and, and stay on path effectively. Okay. So best book ever I said is when things fall apart, the children, best book ever. Um, truthfully, I actually really want to offer up the iPhone women resources. We have an yeah. iPhone women, um, Slack community with over 9,000 female founders. We have an iPhone women of color program, which is an additional community for women of color that addresses the unique challenges that women of color, female founders face. Um, we also have a lot of funding opportunities, both through crowdfunding and grants. Um, and then we have one-on-one private coaching, as well as a workshop library that has access to over 50 hours worth of content, covering everything from sales strategy to social media, to legal, to hiring, to tech and product, pretty much everything you need to know. It's more of an offer, but if anybody wants to get in touch with me, feel free to literally follow me on Instagram and send me a DM and I'll add you to the Slack channel. I'll hook you up with some funding opportunities. Really just, I like, I think that iPhone women is pretty much the best support system for female founders i'm very proud to be a part of it so when it comes to resources i'm all about iphone yeah yeah that that was so natural and organic like i in no way had that staged at all to be that and it's perfect and it makes complete sense that you're part of it too because i was even thinking of like making a sheet of like best tech applications to use because they're always changing and it's so important to have those resources when being an entrepreneur but i'm sure like you guys have it all down uh, and I was going to ask, when it comes to workshops, like, who are the people in those workshop videos? Is it like founders, yeah. partners? Like, yeah. So most people on the iPhone Women team are either industry experts or have built businesses before or have done both. So a lot of the workshops are given by iPhone Women team members, but not all of them. Sometimes we'll have someone from Shopify come and give a workshop. We had Gloria Chow from the NextGen community who does PR. She came and did a workshop. Um, so we have like lots of guest speakers as well, um, in addition to our own team. Nice. That's awesome. Perfect. Yeah, I'll make sure uh, you DM her, folks, if you're listening, watching both. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put the website as well. Uh, if there if there's uh, something lately, because I know you you meditate on certain things or, or you think through certain things, but I always want to extract whatever is in the mind of the guest that like is reminiscing of like learnings or oh um, important topics. So like something you've been thinking about lately, maybe journaling about. Do you have anything? Yeah, I do actually. I've been meditating a lot on the path of least resistance. 
And I've been thinking a lot about like, I've been coaching people that, especially with social media. We work with a lot of, I work with like a lot of older women at iFundWomen, um, older than me, like just in their forties and fifties. And sometimes these women get so overwhelmed because like they're told that they need to be on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. And I'm like, all right, literally like you're stressing yourself out so much. You're not going to do anything because you're literally so overwhelmed. Like take a couple steps back and path of least resistance. Oh, okay. You actually like writing LinkedIn posts. Great. Create two really great LinkedIn posts every week. Okay. Like post it on Instagram as well. Like double up. Like you don't have to stress yourself out so aggressively. Um, And I think I've been thinking a lot about path of least resistance just in my own life as well. And noticing when things work and when things don't work, I'm like, oh, okay. That wasn't path of least resistance. It's just not going to happen. And that's been really helpful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like doing less to to do accomplish more. Exactly. Mm. I didn't think of it that way, but that's totally a good way of framing it. Yeah. Uh Tim Ferriss has a good quote. Uh he just had his five hundredth episode. He might have mentioned it on it. Uh, cool. maybe that's why it's coming up. But uh great guy. But he said one of his famous quotes that people use a lot is uh make one decision that saves yourself saves yourself a thousand. Um so I'm a big quote guy, so I think powerful I'll, I'll keep that in mind but i've been on the same path so i resonate i love that you brought that up um it should be that way too because i know especially with social media people are always like you got to be on every platform but it's like cool your horses because even if you are it's not going to have as much profound impact no and if you're like unless it's your full-time job you're probably not going to do it that well so like just prioritize mm-hmm. the few things that you can do well for me it's like i like instagram a lot I like LinkedIn and I like Clubhouse. Outside of that, like I realized I came into this year thinking that I was going to get really into TikTok. And now I'm like, that's just not realistic. Like, let me create reels. Let me be more consistent with content. But like, I don't have the time, the desire or the ability to like full time devote myself to TikTok, which is what you need if you're going to, you know, really learn it inside and out. Exactly. I did. I did the same thing last year. I had like every platform. I measured how I did on them, but then organically, I noticed I just did better on Twitter, mostly out of all. So I'm just. I like writing too, so it aligns. But it's great advice from your end. Thanks. That's awesome. I'm glad that you found what works. Yeah. uh, Slowly but surely, and keeping that in mind, the path of least resistance. That's the way. But but keeping in mind, you still do have to have some diligence along the way and and there will be moments of persistence, but the path of least resistance and Tim Ferriss says too, I mean, not seeking out problems because sometimes like if you're a problem solver, especially at a young age and you grow into that, like not actively seeking out problems because then you're just going to create more fires for yourself, which powerful. That's another topic for discussion, but good stuff. That's you're, you're filled with wisdom. I mean, there's a reason you're you're at where you're at and like you're helping people in the way you're helping them because like you know what to say and when to say it, how to listen. I love that. Thanks. There's yeah. a reason where you're at where you're at as well. This has been a really, really fun conversation and I appreciate how thoughtful and attentive you've been and all your questions are awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you. We'll uh we'll be in touch. Follow her everyone, Instagram. Yeah. LinkedIn, Clubhouse. (laughs) At Ashley Olafson on everything. Awesome.